0: good morning it is a heat and light podcast on Tuesday after Labor Day uh, people are getting back I just got my kids off to school this morning many of you have done the same thing uh, earlier today you know you because you're probably watching this on Wednesday but uh, man mm-hmm. I day. feel like I feel like the summer has been this Extended drum solo. I know. And now it's about to settle back into the beat. Be and nice. I'm ready for I li- that. I like routines. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this past week, I was not here because I was down in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, but I hear that Pastor Bob brought us a message. Almost finished the Old Testament.
1: We're in the yeah. book of Zechariah.
0: We gave
1: away two Tim Hortons uh, cards for people who had recited the books of the Old Testament oh yeah we're almost at the end one more to go excellent so we're at the
0: book of Zechariah and Zechariah is a book that has three mm-hmm. or more three at least vignettes of well or it's pictures of
1: Jesus it's it's more than any of the minor prophets it looks to the future day of the Lord mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's necessary because these people in Zechariah's day had just come back to the old country right and it's in ruins temples and ruins they had started it they gave up they just kind of have this is what's the point you know the gentiles are dominating the days of glory with solomon and david are gone uh it's just so discouraging i think every one of us knows what it's like to get to that place in our life where nothing is happening there's no hope and so zechariah encourages the people uh with the coming of the messiah and that the day of small things is not to be despised, if, if the Lord is in it, it's not a small thing to mm-hmm. begin with, but even great things have small beginnings and Ze- Zechariah wants the people of God to know that the work they've been called to do now has profound implications for eternity. And so they needed to be encouraged uh, with the prophetic view that God is up to something and that will culminate in the day of the Lord when the Messiah comes. So there's this expectation, and we need to recapture that. Well, Pastor Bob, why don't you take us through, you're going to kind
0: of give us a little bit of an overview of what you preached, these three vignettes of Jesus in the book of Zechariah. And then we're going to, as always, discuss the questions and hopefully give you guys a starting point in your site groups and small groups to then have this
1: same discussion. So, number one. Let's hit it. Um, Chapter three, you've got this... Odd vision that Zechariah has, and there's a lot of them. There's a lot of interesting things that he sees, but we're just going to make sense of a few of them. Um, So here's this scene He showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. Two things Joshua the high priest hadn't really been busy lately because they haven't had a temple. Mm -hmm. He's green, you know, he's not really confident, but he's the guy. And he's standing before the angel of the Lord, who is Jesus. Hmm. The angel of the Lord, throughout Scripture, if you read all the occurrences of of the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord speaks in the first person as God. And So you've got this scene where Joshua, who is the, the high priest, which, by the way, I think we need to identify with him, because Peter tells us that we are all priests of God. We're a nation of priests. Uh, we have special stature before God. So here, here's the deal Satan is there at his right hand to accuse him. Mm. And the mm. Lord says. Sounds said, like every day. That's the deal. I know. <laughs> it, it kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? And the Lord said to Satan, This is Jesus, the angel of the Lord. Mm-hmm. The Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you. Okay, so the Lord says, The Lord rebuke you. Jesus, the Lord says of his father, the Lord, my father rebuke you, Satan. Indeed, the Lord has chosen Jerusalem. Um, uh, he rebukes you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? You know, we are where we are by the salvation of God. We've been rescued from the flames of hell, as it were. Mm-hmm. We've been rescued. Uh, this is the, the, the story of John Wesley's life. He was called by Susanna a brand plucked from the fire because he literally was rescued from a house fire. (laughs) And then um, he spoke before those who were standing before him in verse 4, saying, and this is Jesus, remove the filthy garments from him. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Do you have any filthy garments? Indeed.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is an allusion to his, his sin, his position in sin, and each one of us, I mean, if we think about how do we stand before the Lord...
1: We don't got a lot. It's not like we can come in there with a three-piece suit. No. No, we're we're born in iniquity. Mm -hmm. Our righteousness before God is filthy rags. Um, So this is, by the way, a lot of of our hymns come out of Zechariah. You'll recognize some of our songs. Um, Maybe we'll sing one. Who knows? Okay, so Joshua was clothed with filthy garments, standing before the Lord. And Satan's accusing him. Yes. He's saying, who do you think you are, Nathan? Who do you think you are, Bob? You, you, you're you a high priest, but you don't deserve to be here. Mm. Look at your past. Look at your filthy garments. Okay, and so um, Jesus says, remove the filthy garments from him. Again, he said to him, I have taken away your iniquity. This is how we know that this angel of the Lord is not just Gabriel. Mm. You know, because the angel of the Lord says, "I have taken away your iniquity from you, and will clothe you with festal robes." And I said, "Put a clean tur- turban on his head." They put a clean turban on his head. Clothed them with garments, and the angel of the Lord was standing by. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in, in the blood, blood of, of the Lamb? <laughs> we sang that on Sunday, and we I messed it up just now. Myself. But yeah, you know, um. this is a wonderful position we have. You know, you've you got to let this sink into your soul. You, none of us deserves to be priests of God. We we are filthy, wretched dust of the earth, but God has plucked us from that condition. Mm-hmm. Not only were we were we pathetic, but we were wickedly pathetic. We deserved, we loved the ways of the world and of Satan and sin. And God rescued us from that, put a garment on us. And Satan says, you don't deserve to be here. We said, well, you're right, but look what I'm wearing. Yeah. I mean, Martin Luther is classic for saying that. Just,
0: uh, you know, Satan, you come to me and accuse me and I say, you're right, but I don't
1: stand on your accusation. I am protected by the grace of God. Amen. Mm-hmm. So people in Zechariah's day, they needed to hear that because they had uh, offended God by their constant sin and their idolatry. And now they were slipping back into it. They had been giving, given up on the temple and they needed to be reminded, don't go there. This is your position. This is your grace. Uh, you've been clothed. And then um, there's this other place I want to go to in Zechariah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is necessarily the the way Zechariah would want us to uh, read it, but these are some serious encouragements that I've got. So he looks into the future day, and in chapter 13, verse 1, it says, In that day Mm -hmm. a fountain will be opened for the house of David, for the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for sin and impurity. So what in the world would be
0: about that that you would not see as a clear allusion to the future salvation of Jesus. I'm I'm a little confused as to why you're hedging your comment.
1: No, I'm saying I go to I skip a whole lot, is that right, and jump all the way to thirteen. Well think, you're picking
0: out the the, the Christ themes, yeah. the things that are specifically referring to that that
1: future and day. Legitimately so. Yeah. Okay. Because you're seeking to preach the whole book in one go, not it's, a, it's a tough task, okay? yes. especially this one. There's just tons of stuff in here. But it's it's all messianic, you know, uh, at the end of the day. And so he looks to this day when there's this fountain that will be opened. And up until uh, in, in chapter 12, mm-hmm. it talks about how um, Messiah will be pierced. And it, I just can't help but connect the imagery, how Jesus was pierced. The blood flowed from Emmanuel's veins. Mm-hmm. For the cleansing of the nations. Be for sin the double cure. Amen. Cleanse from wrath there and is make a fountain, me pure. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flow. Lose, Lose all, all their filthy stains. Lose all their filthy
0: stains. Lose all their filthy stains. Lose all Lose all their filthy stains. And sinners plunge beneath that flood Lose all their guilty stains Fear die, okay, <laughs> See, you know what? He sings the song, I decide to let it go Just to flow, go mm-hmm. with his flow mm-hmm. And then I keep going Yeah and he he he's a so let's, let's get okay, on. With let's get okay, let's get on. So,
1: with it. so, so we in you know, a lot of our um, uh, contemporaries, we we shy away from images of the blood. You know, um, there's some pretty graphic descriptions of blood. We drink the blood of Jesus. My blood. Mm-hmm. We drink it.
0: Yet, if we see this in a movie, I mean, I, you know what? The idea from. Uh, Indiana Jones, the Temple of Doom, big pagan ceremony, guys get his heart ripped out, all this stuff, and you think about—it's very graphic and blood. I mean, if, if we see blood in everyday life, we're like, ah, I'd like to keep that on the inside, thanks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But here we're 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 being called. The blood imagery actually calls us to embrace the fact that someone else's death is, is a, a, to our benefit. And it's it's difficult. It's a humbling thing. And it's a really miraculous event when a person sees the value of this thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this mm-hmm. is a lot of what is being talked about when the gospel is foolishness yeah. to
1: a natural man. In the first century, uh, believers uh, were sus- accused of cannibalism, mm-hmm. uh, haters of humanity, uh, all kinds of our love feasts were were misunderstood as orgies, which tells you where that culture was at. You know that they yeah. would think that way, um, but I, I don't think we should shy away from really understanding the role of blood and how it is life and it is cleansing, and uh, this this fountain that this described in Zechariah thirteen. Uh, that is opened up. We know that um, it, it comes from Jesus. Jesus says, out of my innermost being uh, from me comes living water. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another image. Uh, blood is also uh, an image that Jesus invokes when he talks about our, our uh, sanctification and our cleansing. So people in Zechariah's day, and we too, we need to just look to that. You know, come to this fountain. Uh, spend time just pondering the significance of uh, the old rugged cross. uh, Sorrow and blood flow mingled down for the cleansing and healing of the nations. So that's that's another powerful image. And then finally, where's my notes? 14.9. Yeah, 14.9. Yeah, the Lord will be king over all the earth. In that day, the Lord will be the only one, his name, the only one. And so uh, they were being told that this Jesus who clothed them with righteousness, uh, who is the fountain of cleansing, uh, he and he alone will be the king over all the earth. The, there is a day coming when this uh, ragtag group of leftovers, the remnant who are despising the day of small things, they are being encouraged that they are on the right side of history. Mm and that they are the people of the God who one day will rule over all the earth there's hope yeah and just
0: I would just encourage you brothers and sisters as you listen to these ideas uh, bloodshed, cross the kingship of Jesus over everything these are really areas where we need to have faith in what the Bible is telling us about reality rather than what our culture wants to tell us about reality and um and don't be ashamed that these are ideas that take some time to explain. That they require you to open up the scripture and, and talk thoughtfully with people rather than just to be rejected outright. I was asked to do an evangelistic sermon the other week and and I preached from Romans uh, talking about God demonstrates his own love for us in this and while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. And I want to show you how this comes together. Um... I had to talk about the idea of original sin, and we all understand sin as sinful actions that we personally do, but we often struggle with understanding sin as also a position given to us by the sin of our forefather, Adam. These are areas where they appear as foolishness to man. And unfair. 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 Or even the idea in this case that someone would die for another, that you would benefit from the shed blood of another. It might seem sadistic. Mm -hmm. But it is not until we take the time to understand what Scripture is teaching on this and take the time to explain it to those who don't yet believe that we're going to open these things up. Because it is really a miracle of God that we understand and appropriate to ourselves this as something not horrific but as life-giving and soul-changing. So I just want to encourage you in that way. Don't be uh, ashamed
1: of the doctrines that may confuse. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Just study and know them. All right, we do have a few applicational questions yeah. from uh, Sunday that are based on the whole book, not just these passages, like the first question, for instance. So should I ask the first question? Yes. Or do you want Yes. Yes, it says, uh, what is your
0: testimony about returning to the Lord has it been secret
1: private delayed or painful maybe you could explain that to me a little Uh, bit. because it begins remember these are the people who were they were doing it again okay they were drifting away from God so quickly they had forgotten Mm -hmm. the 70-year exile and so in verse 3 thus says the Lord of hosts return to me declares the Lord of hosts that I may return to you says the Lord of hosts don't be like your fathers Mm. again um, that's why you just had the, the, the seventy-year woodshed experience, and so maybe you could explain the woodshed imagery for a generation that's never been taken there. Let us know. Okay, he always does this to me. He thinks that I say things that this generation doesn't understand. If you know what woodshed the wood going to go into the woodshed means, you let us know. Yeah, please do. That is an excellent
0: thing. Okay, well, mm-hmm. many people do. It's referred. It often gets referred to in practice time.
1: But, uh, yeah. but if what it means is being taken out back and getting whooped, getting a spank. Oh, you! I was kind of hoping to see comments. If you did know what that was already, yeah, that's that's what we're so for it. All right. So anyway, um, that's what the seventy-year exile was. It was God just chastening His people. Yes. There are less delicate ways of saying it. And so He says here in verse three, "Return to the Lord." And so I think that's a theme that we need to visit. Um, we return to the Lord, but how many times do we do this? Uh, is it possible that God's people who know better can just kind of get careless and we need to hear a prophetic call return to the Lord? We might not have thought that we had left the Lord. So the question is what has been your experience as a Christian? Ah, but returning to about the Lord. About returning okay. to the Lord. You know, you maybe you backslid or whatever term is that one that needs explaining? You know Backslide? Maybe that's an old I term. I don't think that means needs explaining. Okay. It's a biblical term. Yeah. Is it? Unfortunately, yeah. A lot of a Yeah, lot of I, believe so. I think Hosea uses it. So what's been your experience with personal revival, with coming back to the Lord, with uh, being Wakened up to the fact that you have left the Lord. You didn't even know you'd left the
0: Lord. And when we say left (laughs) the Lord, I think sometimes maybe the language can be too strong because there could be a returning to the Lord without having really left the Lord in some major sin or major defeat. But it's just a slow descent toward coldness. Maybe you've stopped really reading the Word or praying and and you and you may come and be feel thankful on a sunday morning as you sing or even as you're in a part of a bible study or a site group mm-hmm. but you know that you need to exactly to 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 have your heart revived mm-hmm. that i think that's the returning we're, we're yes, talking about right yeah. and so how has it been for for you in secret private painful i mean i know for myself uh i was at a conference in the pastor, no, the fellowship conference, not the pastor's conference where Scotty Smith was speaking a few months back early in the year. And I just felt that what he was preaching I really needed to hear, and it really brought about a time of renewed joy mm-hmm. in my life. So it wasn't necessarily departure to arrival, but just to stir up
1: in me what needed yeah. to be stirred up. You know, I know this guy fairly well. Um, I put up with him every day, every Tuesday and Thursdays. And Likewise, I, I'm sure. I love him, but I had no idea. I had no idea, you know, that this was necessary in his life. And I think it, the truth of the matter is, you, you might be, for all intents and purposes, appearing to be right on with God. You're doing everything you're supposed to do, but in your heart, you and you alone know that you've wandered. And sometimes it takes a sermon or even a song. I remember. Uh, in Bible school years ago, we were singing, to "Him and can it be that Thou, my God, should die for me?" And that was a song that, that just kind of made me realize, "What am I doing? How how can I live this way, knowing that Thou, my God, had died for me?" Mm-hmm. And just singing that song brought me back to the Lord. Well, and and although I don't know if this passage is referring to this,
0: but oftentimes, depending on the language you use, this is the filling of the Holy Spirit as a, as a continual ongoing thing that the believer is seeking. We're filled with the spirit of conversion, but we're constantly seeking that... The Spirit would fill us and change us. Exactly. Lloyd Jones talked about it as if you know a father and a son are walking alongside each other, and the the son knows the love of the father is aware of the love of the father. But then there's a moment when the father scoops the child up in his arms and takes him in his embrace and kisses him on the neck, mm-hmm. and and the son in that moment experiences the love of the father in a new way, and that's we should all be asking God to do that in our heart because we know mm-hmm. that even on our best day our response and reaction to God
1: doesn't merit his glory mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's always a message we need to hear so question number two what is it what is your testimony
0: about the time you removed your filthy garments and received Christ's clean ones so are we gonna talk what when did you come to to faith in, in Christ
1: Wow you know for me uh the these themes became gradual to me mm-hmm, of course, and if you were raised in a godly home, I mean the, right it's obviously it's not generally appalling experience, exactly, but there were times when um I was more aware of of the um, this particular uh truth that my sin was a huge part in my salvation, mm-hmm. and that God had had taken that away from me. So, like the illustration I just gave when, um, you know, I, I I just had a f- full appreciation for the fact that my, my garments were were clean through Jesus. And um, I can't say that there was a time when I consciously put off the old garment and put on the new, mm-hmm. um, but I know in faith that it happened. And I know as my faith was worked out, There were seasons when um, it it was made fresh and made clear to me. And also, um, the garments uh, can become soiled, which is why we need to confess our sin on an ongoing basis. We make uh, bad choices and and sin and
0: anger against our family at times or even in things that we do as
1: believers. We need to bring those things before the Lord and ask for... Change and repentance, but there are times, for instance, uh, when I was just consumed with with anger and bitterness, mm. and uh, it was a time when I just needed to say, "This is a filthy thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, this is a clean garment that I am wearing, and I have spotted it. It's still a clean garment, but it's got a spot. It's not a filthy garment, but it's spotted, and that needs to be clean. and That that attitude is not worthy of the Lord. He died for that, and so it it was a matter of confession and cleansing. And I just kind of re-experienced what it was to have that garment placed on me, pure and whole. Hmm. Indeed, that's the call of the Christian life. All of life is. What but I think happens. for I think for I think we need to get our head wrapped around that. We need to have a story about that, how we personally appropriate that. And for people whose lives and sin are mature and conscious, unlike my own, and people who are raised. Uh, in a, f- a Christian family, th- we do need to just really think about our story as a story of putting on that garment. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you've got a, a a way of looking at that or telling that story.
0: Well, I'm I'm listening to you, and I'm trying to. Are you talking about conversion or the ongoing yeah, work I'm of sanctification? About I'm talking both. Well, the, the, sanctification, because they're both kind of things that are happening in the life of the believer. And I I just I mean, every day it should be a regular practice as we, you know, in the Lord's Prayer, we're called to mm-hmm. confess our sins, uh, forgive us our sins as we forgive those sins against mm-hmm. us or mm-hmm. forgive us our trespasses. And so we've received a once and for all forgiveness, but it's, it's the realization of the believer um, question number three that we have here says, do you ever despise the days of small things when your work for God seems so, unno- seems so unnoticed? What should you do?
1: Well...
0: I mean, who who is mm-hmm. responsible to notice our work for God? I think that sort of begs the question.
1: Yeah, it just... Or would we feel unnoticed? Yeah, however, whatever... Causes you to despise, or to think little of—that's what word "despise" means—to mm-hmm. so just to discount and discredit uh, your work for the Lord. You know, I'm only doing this. What what good is this? Um, I can't do great things for God. I'm disabled. I'm poor. What I can—all I do—is I greet people at the door, or I, I'm on the property maintenance committee. What? What good is that? Or there are people uh, who are in very small churches, uh, and they wonder why are we so small? Why aren't we growing? What's the matter with us? Mm-hmm. Yet they're faithful and godly, and there may be um, a family in that community uh, for for which you have God has given the church. So I just think we need to not beat ourselves up when God brings us through a season of small things and our faithfulness is tested. Well, what does Paul
0: say in the book of Galatians? Do not grow weary mm-hmm. in doing good. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't have it right in front of me, but at the proper time, God will, be, will meet with us. And of course, the rewards that yeah. we are seeking to build up aren't rewards that are uh, for this life. They're rewards in heaven that we will, you know, Rejoice and hand back over to the king.
1: Yeah, and so and I just think it's important that, that people um, don't necessarily expect to be noticed. I mean, it's important, I think, for leaders to encourage people. Oh yeah, I mean, we need to be Romans twelve ten yeah. outdoing one another and showing honor. But so. sometimes it's not going to happen. Sometimes your work by by definition is quiet and behind mm-hmm. the scenes, and only God knows. And really, that should be enough. Uh, and and don't allow Satan to come up to you and so say, nobody appreciates you. When have you been thanked for this? What you did, no one notices. Well, God notices. And one day you'll see how your small, faithful labor for God fits into the whole. Yeah. And, and so just let that encourage you right now in the day of small things. Mm-hmm. So the last question we're looking at here is
0: about the rule of Christ Jesus on planet Earth. How does this... Promise that he's going to be king. We read that passage earlier in in our podcast about Christ being king over everything. How does this promise affect us here and
1: now? No, just think about it. Uh, king Jesus does not seem to be the king right now. Mm-hmm. You've got a short guy with bad hair in North Korea who seems to be. Oh, when you said bad hair, I just went south of the border, but I get... Yes, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> in North Korea, that's a short guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, there, are, there are people in the world today who seem to be calling the shots. Mm-hmm. And we, we just need to be encouraged that even though they seem to be calling the shots, God is still sovereign, uh, but his boots won't be on the ground until, uh, as Zechariah describes, he'll, he'll touch down on... The Alt Mount of Olives, and it will split, and then the world will will feel the 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 imminent presence of Christ, the Messiah, and nothing will be the same. Even the topography of the earth changes when Jesus comes. So but the battle is God's, and He'll win it, and we're on His side, uh, and so we can we can put up with a lot, knowing that um, our Messiah will rule over all the earth one mm-hmm. day.
0: And, and our responsibility is to live as individual Christians under his rule. A lot of times we're shouting about how others should live under his rule, mm-hmm. and many times we need to take that time and make sure, are we living under his rule? Are we uh, seeking, uh, you know, a peacefulness in our relationships, uh, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness. There's no law against those things because they're all according to the rule of the king. And um, mm-hmm. so so I would encourage you, take time to see, are, am I living under the rule of God? And where you see areas where you're not living under the rule of God, just earlier in the passage, accept that new garment given to you and proceed forward in forgiveness, uh,
1: looking to, to live out that rule more and more and more. Yeah, and how can it be otherwise? If, if you are excited about the, come, about, the, about the appearing of Jesus, you're going to purify yourself in the present. Um, and this is one of the reasons why we, we need to preach the second coming of Jesus. Because Peter says it does have a purifying mm-hmm. effect on us in the here and now. Um, so think about that. Put your hope in that. Uh, be ready for that, uh, so that you're living lives that are uh, pleasing to the king. Now and also, in the while it is day, you're doing the work of the king for which you'll be held accountable when he returns. Amen. Well, that brings us about to the end of our time. Yeah, I think we're done.
0: Next week, I'm going to be uh, here on Sunday. We're going to get a better discussion. Uh, then we've had. I know that there's been some wobble in the uh, posting of the videos, but summer is now at an end. We're getting into a new pattern and there's a lot of exciting things going on. I, I would it. like to encourage you to think about two things. this week is the first gathering of uh, the Eglinton East site for the new fall time I'm going to be beginning a sermon series preaching through the book of Luke, which we're really excited about we'll be talking about, the, all that Jesus accomplished and the narrative that Luke compiled this week. And also, starting on Sunday, uh, September 16th, I believe it is, on the 11 a.m. service, there's going to be available to you a training course that I'm going to be leading about uh, God's vision for the church.
1: Church planting, in particular, why we do at Morningstar, what we do, mm-hmm. why are we thinking that God can use us to plant five churches is that normal is that is that what Paul imagined and so uh, Nathan's gonna be talking about that by the way can you put that commercial that you made on this can can our viewers see it I
0: cannot it would be a copyright violation but I can mix the change the music and we'll figure it out okay you You gotta see I will put an announcement on the Facebook page uh, for more information, and if you want to know more about that, just email me at nathan at morningstarfellowship dot ca. Or pardon me, nathan fullerton at morningstarfellowship dot ca.
1: It's a mouthful, but you can do it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye.